Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pucks on the Dasher, a hockey podcast. I'm your host, Adam Glass, and with me this week, hosts of the Scene on Screen podcast and trivia master himself, Sean Robinson. What's up? How's it going? Uh, trivia you can't master wave, Sean. Not. You got to talk. You can't wave. I, I know. I, I realize <laughs> <clears throat> I'm so used to just uh, doing whatever I want. Um, yeah, trivia master, I guess. Uh, you, did, you didn't come out for... One of our uh, our lowest attended trivia's yet, but uh, it was still a good time. The patio was popping, and uh, it was fun. I was planning on coming. I had somebody lined up to go with me. They couldn't make it last minute, and then I worked a twelve hour day, and I was like, I don't know if I want to go down by myself. Fair. I think I well, might just sleep. If you or a guest are big Taylor Swift fans, I would say definitely come out to the next one. I am the opposite of that i think oh, dude. <laughs> i'm not taylor swift fan i'm i'm so indifferent to taylor swift i completely do not care it just is not a it's whatever i don't i'm not like oh she's awful or oh she's really i don't whatever I, like i said i'm indifferent to taylor swift fair enough uh okay have you been watching or playing anything interesting lately um we just finished uh the the adorable dungeon crawler farming game cult of the land oh i've uh, heard of that it's it's a lot of fun it's a it's an adorable little slasher which is great i um i'm working on a campaign in madden right now because why not like uh, is there a new it usually no it comes out in like september right so is that the last year's madden yeah i just i don't know sometimes i get into the idea of like playing the, the story mode and every year it seems to get worse so it's like less fun um what else am i playing i bought a, a mio which is like a little hacked game boy so i was playing some sega cd batman returns on my balcony the other day <laughs> oh fun. you mean like one of those like weird emulator boxes that they have now that are like a game boy knockoff looking yeah i'll send you a picture of it later but it's pretty cool and then, uh, yeah, I've just been playing some MLB The Show, some Chell. I really haven't been playing anything, like, too groundbreaking. I'm a better GM than the Maple Leafs, though. So just so we're out there, I've simulated and I lost in the second round of Boston in seven games. So, like, it's still there. But it, uh, did, you have a did you have a 3-1 series lead and then blow it in game seven? No. But I did have Troy Terry. I traded Ryan O'Reilly, um, Topi Nimala, and I believe a first. I mean, I would do that trade right now, but they don't have Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll talk about it. So why am I here? Why have you taken me out of sunshine and relaxation to talk about hockey after our hockey team has flown off into the ether and we don't have to hear about them for another two weeks until the, what, two, three weeks of the draft? Well, depending on what happens, we might get contract signings or something, but that's for later in the show. We do need to talk about recent hockey stuff that has happened since I last recorded, uh, one of which being the conference finals, and we can make this as long or as short as you want. Did you watch any of the conference finals? Yes, I intently watched the the Florida series. I was amazed. Honestly, they're a good team. Watching them play, watching 
they're they're a good but they're a lucky team because they smother you to the point where scoring gets just chewed up. They made Carolina look bad. They made Toronto look bad, and they made Boston look bad. And now they're they're up against the Golden Knights, and the Golden Knights kind of made them look bad. I thought they were never going to lose again. <laughs> But also, like, watching them, you can see some of their players are just what they are. And now there's bigger assholes out there that are not taking their shit. Like, Petriangelo versus Bennett might be my favorite thing in the world. So, uh, I did watch both. I watched a lot less Dallas-Las Vegas solely because game started a little bit later. I was less interested in that. Um, but I bet both of those outcomes, so... Did you agree with Rod Brindamore's uh, idea that it wasn't a sweep? Yeah, the same way the Maple Leafs won the second round. <laughs> what is he doing? What are we talking about? I, lo- I love how it wasn't a sweep. Okay, how many games did you win, Rod? How many games, Rod? Huh, how many? One? No. Two? Definitely not. You won zero. You got swept. The history books will never show it like four nothing Panthers and then have a little asterisk, but like Hurricanes lost by one goal in every game. Like the, who cares? And like people will say, well, the Hurricanes didn't have their best players. Okay. Oh. And they didn't have Svech going into the playoffs. If they were, if it was going to be that big of a deal, they could have just said, oh, we're not going to play in the playoffs then. Like you got to play with the team you got. Carolina as a whole, though, is, like, super duper in trouble. I I never realized this until I, like, opened up Cat Friendly before the show. You know they have, like, no players beyond next season? Yeah, they, but they do weird things there because they got Tulski. Right. Yeah, but, like, aside from uh, Kotkaniemi, um, Jakob Slavin, and Brent Burns, they don't have shit. Their whole team is off the books. Let me bring it up here. While you're bringing that up, uh, Dallas and um, Vegas. I I actually got both bets right. I did say Vegas in six, which was good. Um, I really wanted to see Dallas do it. I don't think they're going to be – I think – once Toronto was out, I was like, you know what? I'd like to see a Dallas Cup because I don't think this group has much left in the tank. They do have some really nice young pieces, but like the core group of those guys, like the Bens, the Sagans, it's over. I just uh, don't know how sustainable that team's going to be unless you start adding other pieces that you can find around. So the Dallas Stars have one of the best prospect bases in all of hockey. Um, Logan Stankoven will be coming up. Wyatt Johnston's really good and will get better. They obviously have that Robertson Hints combo at top. Pavelski's obviously going to retire at some point. Like, oh, I forgot about Pavelski. Dallas is going to have a lot of guys coming. They obviously do have those overpaid contracts of Ben and Sagan, but that's, I don't know, that there's nothing they can do with that. They're just, they're stuck with those till they expire, but essentially. Will they translate? Will these prospects just hit the ground running? Right? You don't know. And that, like, prospects are magic beans unless they're Connor Bedard. Uh, let's see here. Dallas. Um, yeah, they got, what, one, two, four more years of Sagan. 
at nine. Oh, they only got one more year of Ben after next year. So you might as well just ride that one out. And he's obviously not getting nine five again. So you're going to gain some money there. I'm Pavelski, wondering if Ben gets dealt at a 50% retainer for the just to kind of bring up some some new life. No, he's the cat. He's the captain. They're not going to do regardless of how stupid his suspension was in the playoffs. But that would be a weird side. Yeah, I don't know. I they don't have know seven million in cap space, and they have like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight forwards. They got a buyout suitor. That's a guarantee. He was garbage. Get rid of that. Uh, you got Harley. You got a bunch. They got prospects in the system, defensive-wise, coming up too. I I don't know. I think they could easily figure this out and be right back at it. I mean, they have they have the big three. They have Ottinger, Heiskinen, and they have Hint or well Robertson or Hints, depending on how you want to look at it. You won't see Suter get bought out. His buyout's not even that bad. What are you talking about? One point four million for the next four seasons? Nothing. You can't have that guy on your roster again. He cost them so bad in the playoffs. It was awful. They shouldn't have been playing him. The cap hit would be 783, 783, 783, 1.4, 1.4. When that team is turning quarter in 25-26, you're going to want that 1.5 million. Yeah, but the cap will probably be at almost 90 million by then. Not according to Jerry Bettman. Oh, well, let's not even get into his friggin' never raising it. He's never raising it. Let's just get over it. One he's just player. never he's gonna always have an excuse to never raise it. It's just not happening. Uh, I like I, I will hit this later. Um, but one player that I do one thousand percent believe is going to be traded from the Maple Leafs is um Nick Robertson. I think he'll be a Dallas star. You think they'll try to find value just by sending him <laughs> there for like I a mid-round think it's pick. Going to be much value at all. I think it's going to be, yeah, it's just going to be like here, here's a pick, or here's maybe the UFA rights to Max Domi. He's going to real, realistically what I'm, I would assume. This is this is like to me personally, this is a time where you start looking at guys on the Leafs and think about Dubis now being in Pittsburgh and being like, oh, who's he going to try and grab? You, you're right, but I like. Do you do you really see a future on this team with Nick Robertson? No, not now. Alan Nyes is here. No, not a exactly. chance. Okay. But so, he also has zero value. So what do you like? You're basically just getting rid of him to move him out, out of contract. You're I not going to get zero. anything for him at this point. Like he's played no games. He gets hurt all the time. He's undersized. Like there's nothing. If anything, you have to bring him back for one more year and try to hope he stays healthy and see what you actually have with him. Because they're going to have spots. Like, they'll find this is probably the first year, honestly. This is, if they leave it that way, this is the first year in a while that the Leafs are probably going to have some spots in the lineup for the young guys to take over if they want. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to go through the, the Leafs roster, but who do you have for the finals? What's, what's your call? Oh, I want like I want Vegas to win. I don't want to see the I don't want to just honestly it's the Stahl brothers. I don't want to see those donkeys win a Stanley Cup. I just Dude, that's my I I agree. I just can't see that. So Vegas all the way. I watched a bunch of the game last night. It looks like it's gonna be a friggin' fun as hell series to watch. Like I have Vegas I, in six. I feel like the longer it goes, the better it is for Florida, personally. Um 
but it was i don't know like i don't watch a lot of vegas games so it was totally cool to see that atmosphere if you will in vegas last night like did you see that they yell shame at the opposing team when they take a penalty and go to the penalty box the whole crowd starts chanting shame at them like oh, that's really funny that, that is game of thrones <laughs> Uh, the one thing that I, I've asked numerous hockey podcasts when they're like mailbag, ask Twitter, blah, blah, blah. The one question I constantly ask is this. How do you feel about the Florida Panthers using all the small things? I don't give a shit. Like it's all, get, all that stuff. I don't care. I don't know. Get something on your own. You could. I mean, um, Vegas does lit. <laughs> My own worst enemy. Yeah. But yeah, obviously get, get your own, but I don't, I don't know, as a, as a fan of a team who has uh, a Hall & Oates song as their goal song. I think that's gone too. Rad's first order of business is going to be Austin. Bring back yeah. Zombie Nation, please. No, but Zombie Nation was Boston. We never had Zombie Nation. Yeah, we did. I don't think so. Yeah. I, I remember the Guelph Storm having Zombie Nation. They still have it, I think. But the Rangers one is still the best. What is? Oh yeah, there's. Oh, oh, that one, yeah. Let's go, Rain. It's like they stole the New York Rangers one, but it's still the, like the Rangers Rangers one is is my favorite. I don't know what the Leafs will go to, but like, wouldn't it make more sense for the Leafs to have a Bieber one? Like honestly, like I don't really care. Uh, it, honestly, if Matthew says. In my contract negotiations, I want to be the captain by the end of next year, and I want to change the fucking goal song. Brad better just pull down his pants and be like, yes, sure. I, yeah, 100%. basically at this point, you're letting that guy do whatever he wants. Yeah, whatever. Whatever like, you want just, to do. Just take the the $100,000 more than McKinnon. That's all you got to do. Because you're, you're not going to get more than McDavid. The only thing Matthews could do, if True Living was smart, would be... Let him go up to that thirteen or fourteen million dollar threshold to fuck over Edmonton. I, David I think it's a team friendly deal. I think it's five by thirteen four. One three four. Yep. That's what I think it's gonna be. Uh, That's what I would give him that immediately. Uh, <laughs> I guess we're doing this part first, but sure. No, we're not. But it's just like we just got into it now, so. <laughs> oh, I, I will just say this, and then we can get back to it. Yeah, yeah. If I'm the Maple Leafs, I go, five years starts with a 12. Six years starts with a 13. Seven years is a 13. Eight years is a 14. He's never signing anything higher than five years, I bet. He wants to get two more contracts, good ones. He's smart to sign five the first time. I think it's going to be five, five, five. Well, if he's going to do that, then you're not getting 13 million. You're getting 12. He'll get whatever you, he wants. You want that money? <laughs> okay. You you put this shit back on order, or I'm just going to talk about the Leafs. Like, you brought me here for it. Okay, so we're uh, obviously Stanley Cup final game one was pulled out by the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, I think they have pretty good odds of winning the series, but we'll see what happens. I mean, they called a bunch of penalty against, against Florida in the first game, so if that continues, that probably favors Vegas quite a bit. Uh Either way, I think it is cool that either way, whoever wins, it's the first franchise cup. That's always fun. I like that. Um, and it, I mean, as awful as it is to say, the Panthers have been around for like 30 years now. As somebody who remembers when they first started. If Vegas wins the cup, 
it just proves that A, there's no loyalty in sport, period. And B, all the shit that Gary Bettman and Daly said at, um, like, just before the trade deadline when they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to be monitoring teams to make sure they don't add and go down TIR. Fucking Vegas is running a $100 million team right now. Oh, sorry, $98 million. The Vegas winning the cup is... Will be the most expensive cup in NHL history. It is going to add four more teams to the NHL. Quebec? Because, no, no, fuck no. They're not doing another team in Canada. It's never happening. It's not happening, period. It's not. They're not doing another team up here. There's no money in that for them. They're going to sell the Senators. The Senators are probably going to sell for over a billion, which is absolutely insane. That's insane for a team like that, okay? So they sell for over a billion. Vegas wins the cup after, what, six years in the league? That doesn't really happen in any pro sports, period. Like, the Marlins did it in, like, what, the first couple years for some reason, randomly, that won the World Series that time when, what, like, 96 or something like that, and they came in in 92. But for the most part, like, usually you come as an expansion team and you're garbage. Seattle won a playoff round, upset Colorado, last year's winner this year, like, that means that they're going to be able to get huge expansion fees for these teams because they're going to be like, hey, we can actually make your teams good enough that they won't be absolute shit for the first 10 years. But the biggest difference between Vegas and Seattle was George McPhee changed the way um, expansion drafts were. And Seattle had it all on a show, and some of their picks got revealed because Frank Saravalli is an asshole. Well, Frank Saravalli has been blackballed by everyone. That's why his only insider info now is stuff that nobody else will touch. Yeah. So people were pretty pissed off about that. And then the Dubas thing and a bunch of other crap. But, but you're looking you're looking at it if you're the NHL and you're saying, okay, so we can sell basically one of our lowest margin teams and all of our sport for over a billion dollars. Next expand, What's the next expansion fee going to be? A billion? But that's a thing. Houston wants a team bad. Right. And Houston's going to get Arizona. That's what's going to happen. Right. That's the backup backup plan. It sounds like Gary's still pretty stern about keeping them in there. They obviously still have a few options to keep the team in Arizona right now. So they're going to explore all those options, obviously, before they think of moving. Hot take. They will be iced on a new ice surface in 2024. Like next season or the season after? They're going to play out their final season in uh, Arizona. And the Coyotes are going to relocate and change names. They're 100% playing next year at Mullet, I assume. They are going to Houston. So, okay, so let's assume that that happens. They go to Houston, that's one tick of the box. It sounds like Salt Lake slash Utah is hot after a team now. Actually, that is a good point. I forgot about them. Because Utah, so I was reading an article on The Athletic, and I forget who wrote it, but... Getting Arizona into Utah helps two major things. Helps an Olympic bid for 2034 or 36. So it helps the next Salt Lake City Olympic bid, but also would guarantee a World Cup in a new building also there. Oh, like the NHL World Cup, you mean? So there, the NHL, I guess, has been talking to the people in Salt Lake City who are trying to build a new arena for an Olympics, right? Mm-hmm. 
But if the IOC is building it and the taxpayers are building it, here comes Gary flying in. Just be like, I could be opportunistic. There's already a building. Building yeah, has to be soon. I believe they currently have a building, but it only seats like 13,000. So that obviously wouldn't be enough. Even Winnipeg, I think, is 15 or something like that. Yeah. Um, but if you listen to the, maybe the most recent 32 Thoughts, they interviewed uh, one of the owners of the Jazz, and he's a guy that is hot after trying to get a hockey team into Salt Lake. So if you want any kind of background info on him and that area and everything like that, that I mean, you can listen to that podcast if you want. As Don't turn this one off, I guess, but who cares? Do what you want. You be you. Uh, okay, so there's been a few coaching moves uh, since I last recorded uh, we'll see if you have any opinions on any of these. Uh, the Leafs lost an assistant. Uh, it sounded like a lot of teams interviewed this guy. It sounds like he was the runner-up in Nashville, too. Uh, but Spencer Carberry is now the head coach of the Washington Capitals. Uh, he was obviously previously an assistant there. Any this, thoughts on Spencer? <laughs> I mean, lo- losing somebody who is key to the power play last season after Manny Malholtra butchered it the year before. Mm. Yeah, but we'll be I'll be interested to see what or whom gets added to Keith's um, coaching staff to replace him. It ain't gonna be Jason Spezza, which we now know. <laughs> yeah. But um the only person I wanted to coach the Leafs is no longer available. So Sheldon Keith, you can have the Babcock treatment until you fuck up and then they make a change mid-season. I also wouldn't be surprised if uh, Bruce Boudreau was the assistant coach of the Maple Leafs that's, in like a week or two. That's the one thing that I personally, I want, I've always wanted Boudreau to be, because I know he, he loves the team so much that for the weird storyline of it, I've always wanted Boudreau to be the coach. But I don't want him to come in as an assistant if it's going to be like, oh, oh, now Keith's on the hot seat. They got the guy waiting. Like, I hate that situation for anyone. It's always dumb and it never works out. You're like, right. either, like, make him the coach or don't. Do you know why I would really want to see somebody like Boudreau uh, step in there before anybody else in that Carberry spot? It gets rid of, with any shred of doubt, the idea of Quinville coming here. Quinville would never want to be an assistant, so... Yeah, I know, but it gets rid of it. Yeah, it gets just, rid of the ugh. that glow of, oh my god, he's available to coach. It sounds so like him and, him and Bowman will be meeting with Batman after the finals are over to great. talk about potentially getting back into the league, but... Dan Bowman will be a part of the Maple Leaf organization. I'm happy. He's a piece of shit. Yeah, I don't want either of those guys back, but it's the NHL, so who knows? Uh, uh, it's Okay, so we'll go to the Predators news, and then we'll get to the uh, potential piece of shit news, I guess you could say. Uh, The Predators fired John Hines and hired Andrew Brunette. You could probably consider this Barry Trotz's first piece of business as Predators GM now. Um, I don't know if he's officially in the role yet, but obviously this is his doing. People made a big stink about how late in the offseason that Hines was fired, which I kind of agree with, but I think they obviously had to wait for Brunette's if that was the guy they were after, they had to wait for the Devils to be eliminated. Then they'll have to interview him and all that stuff. So it's not like they were just – maybe they just didn't want to fire him if they couldn't get Brunette. He is the guy that I thought the Leafs should like be heavy on if they were making the decision on Keith. 
And Dubas didn't fire Keith. Keith is with us. Andrew Burnett would have been the choice for me. I thought the I thought this was a slam dunk for Calgary, so I wonder if he didn't want to coach there. Maybe. Because to me, that was the perfect fit for the Flames. You obviously their biggest. Coach, right? Pardon? Flames still don't have a coach. They do not. No, I'm looking at the list. The open spots still are the Ducks, the Rangers, and the Flames. Uh, Wait, I, I thought Dallas Eagans was still contracted. They were they referred no. to him as the coach while he was on Hockey Night. He's a he coach. <laughs> but he but wasn't no. listed as the former head coach. Yeah, because he didn't Ducks. get fired. His contract just runs out at the end of the year. He was a lame duck, and they're not re-signing him. Nice pun. Uh, uh-huh. uh, okay, so obviously Brunette, from a fantasy perspective, um, maybe start looking at some Predators for next year because you would assume that offensively they're going to go nuts. Uh, and even Trotz, I remember he was being interviewed about the draft or whatever, and he basically said, like, I want my scouts to be looking for high offensive guys. I don't care about third and fourth line guys. I can go get those myself. So if 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 Trotz's vision is to turn the Predators into a top five offense in the NHL, that will be such a change of pace for that franchise, and I would love to see it. How much money does Roman Yossi make a year? No, not happening. It's nine. Just, 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 just nine. It's like eight by nine something. Oh, that's gross. That's disgusting. I don't like that. He just signed that. Burnett was my guy, though. That's who I wanted to see come to Toronto. Uh, so speaking of leaving or coming all over Toronto. <laughs> wow. The Columbus Blue Jackets reportedly will be hiring Mike Babcock as their coach, which is absolutely fucking bonkers. <laughs> I mean, I, I was listening to the radio. I, I think it was the Fan 590, and they said Babcock had done nothing to rehabilitate himself. The only thing really that came out was that weird interview about two years ago where he – kind of didn't like take any responsibility and then he went to Saskatchewan and coached for two years so I will give him the credit that he did do his rehab outside of the game but general managers at the NHL there are more than 32 coaches it's just a weird this team's also kind of in a weird spot because they have pieces in place that would make them think that they could potentially be good now, but they also have a lot of really good young prospects and up and coming pieces. And you got to balance between making sure that you can win with your veterans while they're still in their prime, but also not burying all your young guys. And the problem is that they have no centers right now and their only decent centers potentially are their young guys. And that's not going to work out with this situation. Yeah. Looking at their team right now, it's not the greatest no, but it's like a bubble, like on paper, assuming Elvis is not a complete pumpkin next year, like it's a bubble team. I know, looking at their defense, like there's. Well, they're obviously going to have to sign and trade for some guys, uh, but they got Wierenski. He's on IR right now on cap friendly, so it's not showing on. He's obviously good. Yeah, Jake, Jake Bean could bounce back. I mean, obviously, Gabranson's garbage. Boakfist might. Boakfist is only 22. Like, Nick Blankenberg was fine last year. They got some I, guys in the minors still. 
I wonder if Yarmo was thinking like, hey, he he got the Matthews. No. I wonder if they move that third pick now though. That was another team that was rumored to be a destination for a Toronto star, potentially. I was trying to find a team that could trade them a center for that third pick, and I couldn't. But the best option I thought of was potentially Arizona flipping their pick, which I think is five or six, uh, to the Blue Jackets for three and then sending Keller. Interesting. And then they could get Carlson with the third pick and then have a big 6-4 center that's obviously staying over in Sweden at least next year. Like, you're looking at, like, minimum... You're looking at two more gong show seasons for whatever the Coyotes are or are going to be, right? So you don't really give a shit about this team for at least two more years. Which is why Babcock's there. No, we're talking about the Coyotes, though. Oh. (laughs) Columbus wants to win. That's why they got Babcock. And we'll see how that goes. Like, there's no way Columbus can be as bad as they were this year. So by default, he's going to make them better in the standings. But, like, I don't know how this is going to go. I'm really interested to see how many years he gets on a deal. Because he's obviously not getting eight like he did insanity from the Leafs. Arizona is going to have probably one of the best underrated goaltending tandems there are. And it'll be relatively cheap, too. They could probably have their goaltending, like, tidied up for about five mil which would be nice or less right i don't think connor ingram is going to pull more than 2.5 i wonder what blake wheeler is going to feel like playing in arizona next year he'll, he'll be sitting there with jake muzzin <laughs> yeah like you, they're you gonna know jake muzzin and matt murray are going to arizona for a first or like they're going to send a first jake muzzin matt murray so that's nine million dollars in cap space oh i got it i got it okay Send them our first this year, Muzzin and Murray, and then we get back Nick Schmaltz. Nah, it's too expensive. It's 5.8 for two more years after next season. That's nothing. You don't care about that. Then why don't we just go up another 2 million and be like, hey, we'll take Clayton. I mean, he doesn't want to be there anyway. That's fine with me, too. But if you're getting Clayton Keller, you can almost assume that, like, Nylander is out the door. Um, okay, whatever. We're halfway through the pod now, so we might as well get into the Leaf stuff and see where this takes us. Uh, obviously, since last podcast, the whole Dubas stuff has gone down. I don't know. if We can get into it if Sean wants to get into it, but I have kind of calmed down from my initial what the fuck is going on with this team that happened the week that Dubas was fired um because it really felt like the old lease again and a bit of dysfunction but he's obviously now the president of the penguins and the Leafs have now hired a former calgary flames general manager brad trey living uh do you have any initial thoughts on this sean initial thoughts huh where do i start um my initial thought process starts with um at least they interviewed three people. <laughs> um, the rumor was they interviewed um, Jason Botterill, which actually could have been an interesting um, pickup for the Maple Leafs. I liked, and I wouldn't be surprised if Mark Bergevin is an AGM um, for the Leafs at some point. It sounded like Shanahan liked him, but also liked um, 
True Living's, I guess, tenure within the league, his reputation is just stature and his experience. Um, I think it goes without saying, anybody can get stale in a job. He was there for nine years, just like Dubas was here. So, like, it's not like he was a bad GM. He made really well with a bad situation last summer. And everybody was awarding the Flames the cup before puck dropped in October. People don't remember that because recency bias is such a fucking ugly drug. But am I happy? I would have liked to see what Tulski could do, but multiple teams didn't hire him before Toronto fired Dubas. So that tells me one of two things. He's inexperienced or he's in that, and I'm touching wood because I hope this doesn't bite me in the ass, that Pridham spot where the Maple Leafs aren't going to let Pridham go anywhere. They're just going to give him more money, but he has to leave for a lateral move. Unfortunately, Dubas is the puppet master over in Pittsburgh right now. I don't know. I'm okay with it. I'm a 7 out of 10. I'm not angry. I as soon as Dubis was gone and he did the whole press conference about experience, I knew that Trey Living was going to be the hire. I was at least hoping it was going to be the hire over some of the like other quote unquote experienced options like Shiorelli or even Bergevin. Bergevin um, would have been fun. Bergevin would have drove me insane. No, Shiorelli would have drove you insane. Bergevin would have been fun. He had good teams in Montreal, and people forget that. Dude, I did a. I did a two-part podcast where I went over his entire Montreal. Good. <laughs> his draft record was abhorrent. He made one good deal, one good trade with the Blackhawks, where he got Deneau and a pick that ended up being Romanoff. That was it. Everything else was just trash bag, and he just got lucky a few times in the playoffs. Fair. How do you feel? Uh. I mean, I I really like Dubis. <laughs> I was really happy when he beat out Hunter for the GM job. I when he was GM, I knew every time he did something, for the most part, I at least understood why he was doing it. You know, he never really signed a bad contract. He didn't. He didn't overpay bottom six guys. Like he let Hyman walk and he replaced him with Bunting, which was a hell of a masterclass, honestly, given the contract that Hyman has and the contract that Bunting had. I don't know. Like obviously the, the playoffs and all that shit, but at the end of the day, like I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily his fault that they didn't win those playoff games. I don't think it was either. I think the reason Dubas got fired actually came out today um there was a jonas siegel article in the athletic um insinuating that around the league there is belief that um, dubis was possibly approached about the president position before his contract ended with the make beliefs and sometime in between the super emotional conversation and his power play to the time he got fired and then I guess a lot of people have also speculated that Dubas could have been going to the Pens as early as February. And then when you go, yeah, give me, I'll, I'll take the job, but I want this, 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 and this. 
Yeah, walking. And like the one thing I will say in the comparison is actually hilarious is Trey Living spent the entire rest of the week meeting his staff, getting to know people. He's flying out to Arizona to go meet with Matthews. And I think uh, a Marner possibly in Arizona. So they're, they're going to be, I can't remember what the other name was, but I heard it's Keith and it's Keith and Matthews. Um, so that's huge. And Dubas within an hour of his press conference fired three people. <laughs> it's just so strange. And like, okay, some people are mad. Dubas said, I'm either Toronto or nothing. Well, now we're nothing. So the for Dubas, the other big draw of Pittsburgh, if you're confused why he would potentially want to go to a team who has aging stars and maybe has a two-year window before they have to blow it all up and start again, they're owned by the Fenway Sports Group, who also oh. owns the Red Sox. And I think Man U or so, I don't know. Football. It's one of the big. They own Liverpool, I believe. Okay, is it Liverpool? One of the big football slash soccer teams over in in the UK. Um, so he, I think, long term, like he's like what, thirty seven, thirty eight, yeah, something like that. Like he's not that old at all. He's got at least another thirty years probably in management that he could do. Like he could he could do hockey for this contract and then he could move up and be in within Fenway Sports Group and he could be managing multiple sports teams or something like that in some way. You know what I mean? Or like moving into baseball. Hey, look, now I'm doing baseball shit for the Red Sox. Like that would be kind of cool. He seems like the type of guy that might be into that. Right. I've got two or three hot takes. I, I don't know if I wanna put all of them out of the either about do this. I think Season one of this is going to be a colossal disaster. I just have this gut feeling that Dubas is going to try and come in, play that. Like, we all clearly know, much like Shanahan and Living now, we all know that no matter who Dubas puts in um, the GM spot in Pittsburgh, he could actually name himself the GM, which would be hilarious. But whoever he puts into that role, he isn't doing shit. You think Dubas is just going to take his hand off his cell phone and not make deals anymore? No. Right? He's going to bring in somebody younger who he can kind of show the ropes to for the first year or two and basically drive stick for them. Yeah. You you know who the GM of that team is going to be, right? Wes Clark. You think it's going to be Wes Clark? I thought you were going to go with Pridham. Pridham... I... I, I Shanahan hired Pridham, not Dubas. There's one Maple Leaf member and one member who I think is eligible to work again. Uh, it's either going to be Lawrence Gilman, Shanahan, or um, Dubas's right hand man, guy who ran the Marlies for him, or John Jacob. That would be interesting. That would, that would drive if if he hires John Chaka, that would drive certain people absolutely wild. The old hockey men would be having an absolute meltdown over it. But also last year oh, you had the rarest year in Pittsburgh, right? Like all of the now. stars played every game. I know Fenway Sports Group really likes Chaka. I'm pretty sure he was interviewed for that GM position before Hexel was hired. Wasn't Shaka the last guy who kind of did the same thing, but he got fired by Arizona because of all that like weird crap, and then well, he went he, to New Jersey to join their like conglomerate. He um, 
he did something that was somehow worse than covering up multiple sexual assaults. He measured people. Yeah. <laughs> you asshole. You got extra numbers? Oh, you're totally, that's the worst. Lose a first round pick. Right. So where does that leave us? We leave, we leave well, ourselves in a, a unique spot. We had some banger trades from Dubas. We had some shit trades from Dubas. Like, I still to this day don't really understand Rasmus Sandin for Gustafson in the first. However, if you asked me five days ago if Gustafson was going to say, which you and I are going to play the game later, I would have said no. But Tre Living likes this guy. So. Yeah, that's true. He did have him in Calgary. Um, you can't fault him for McCabe and Lafferty, minus the fact that there's a conditional fit first floating out there. Ryan O'Reilly was an all-in move that failed again. Dubas had three deadlines in a row with all-in moves and failed. The Matt Murray thing is going to – like, it's either going to cost us a buyout or Matt Murray is going to be packaged up and sent to one of five teams that needs a goalie. Actually, there's – I think 50% of the league need at least a backup. You've got to um, move them. Like, there's no way you're not. Like, do you want to just go through their roster here? No, no let's do that in a second because I want right. to I, – I, I really wanted to go through both Dubas and Treliving just as a, a whole. Like, well, I, I would, I would say this was, this was Dubas's best deadline. Out of the five? Yeah. 100%. I'm looking at, like, the Giordano deal. Great. Because we had – like, but did we know he was going to sign the following year? Maybe uh, for what he got? I don't know. You might have got some feelers based on the fact that he's from here and, you know, he was getting on in his career, probably want to play here at some point. Obviously, team that could win. Uh, the Geo deal was good. I Obviously, I think the Muzzin and Campbell deals were both home runs. Uh, yeah, if you... the, 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 the original Campbell deal, yes, great. But Kyle, unfortunately, for as savvy as some of these deals were, he let a lot of talent walk out the door. Not handed it out, because he did do that, too. He dealt um, Mason Margement, which still hurts. Um, he let uh, Stephen Nason walk, which is had a career year this year. Another late bloomer. He let Hyman run out the door. Jack Campbell, don't actually care, because he was not good last year, and he didn't deserve a 5x5. Five five. Edmonton's just really stupid with how they tamper. Mm-hmm. Getting something for Andreas Janssen, great. I saw SDA just signed a contract in the KHL. I, I guess that doesn't matter to us anymore. Um, he got great value for Kessel as one of his first moves, which was not that long ago. <laughs> like, but then he like tried to sell us Cody Cece. Well, I mean, yeah, he made some weird deals, but he was cap-strapped because the freaking pandemic happened. Yeah, but he, like, signing Patrick Marlowe? Well, that that was was a Lou deal. That was Lou. But, like, how many first have he given, has he given away to get rid of problems? Three or two? Is Sandine considered a problem? We got one for that. Oh, right. Uh, There was a first for Marlowe, obviously. And then we dealt the first to get rid of Mrazic. No, it wasn't a first, was it? Yeah. We dropped in the second round for that one. 
Oh, right. Like a late first. Yeah. It was like we dropped like five or six picks or something. And I'm pretty sure we ended up. Isn't that the pick we ended up getting nice with? <laughs> uh, no, that's the draft before. Was it? Yeah, because last year at that draft, um, there was that was um the flurry and Hagen. Oh yeah, Nice was two years ago. So his first move was to acquire unsigned college free agent Zach Hyman for Greg McCabe in 2015. No, that's, that's good. Uh, that one's actually not his either. I guess it would be because he started the 26-17 season, right? He's he got him GM for the Marlies, Fires. so he was the GM of the Marlies at the time. Yeah, so his first deal as GM was Nolan VC for a conditional seven. So that's nothing. Eamon McMahon for Matt Martin, so he dumps some salary. Connor Carrick, salary. If you look at our our new commander in chief, giving away a first to get rid of Sean Monahan, not bad considering it was future considerations. Calgary gets something back in return. He signed Huberto, a lot of bad deals though. Well, I mean, he didn't have to blow the doors off for Huberto and Weger, but like, what else was he supposed to do? No, those guys are. I get that one. It's like his Brower, his Brower signing, his Froelich signing. Like he's signed a lot of like, he's bought out. He, I think he leads the NHL in buyouts since he was GM. <laughs> like, like that James Neal deal. Like, come on. Hey, one of his best deals was stealing a, a crappy goalie for a third, in David Riddick. Yeah. Ugh. Um, I don't know. He's done a few things that have been like. There's some pretty savvy little moves in here, but he loves Eric Gustafson, so that'll be interesting. He is going to get paid so much money to be Justin Hole's replacement. Well, I don't. That doesn't even make. He's got to play PK and stuff to be a Hole's replacement. That can't be him. I have some ideas on guys they might sign. Mostly okay, defensemen. Do you want to blow through the roster first and play Stanger going? Yeah, let's do it. You want to come in? Uh, we should probably go through the UFAs to say if they'll they'll resign or not. So like yeah. Nolachari, I think will be priority for Trey Living. I could Let's see him getting too many years and too much money. Start at the very top. Okay. Because it's it's fun that way, and why not? So Austin. Okay, Matthews. Matthews in the final season of his deal. Obviously, it's eleven point six million, and he is a UFA after this season. He is your top priority to sign. You give him five years at 13.4 and you call it a day. Or you give him eight years at 14 million. He's not signing an eight-year contract. It's going to be a five or four-year deal. Number two, John Tavares. John Tavares, yeah. one more year after this one. 11 million when you assume he will re-sign for probably a three or four-year deal for half that, if not less. Um, and he's going to move to the wing full-time this season, I would assume. So you're, there's no point in trading him. No, Just, but he is, he is going to get Patty Marlowe this season. Do you think he's going to get the C ripped off? I don't think it's going to be ripped off. I think it's going to be contingent on Matthew's extension. Well, yeah. Matthew, you think Matthew signs and then he gets the C type thing? I think John hands it down, yeah. I don't know if John's handing it to anyone. He's not giving it away. They're going to yeah. have to take it from his cold, dead hands, Sean. My cold, dead hands. <laughs> uh, Mitch Marner. So, Mitchie Marnie has uh, one more year at 10.9 to 10.9. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to do with that one. 
He's the oldest tech. He's one of the older ones. Like Matthews is still younger than him, which is hilarious. So um, this will go into William Nylander because we don't know what's happening with him either. Nylander's got one more year at 6.9 and that is this coming season. So him and Matthews are obviously your priorities for signing and Matthews and, well, doesn't matter for Matthews, but Nylander and Mitch Marner both have no trade clause kicking in as of July 1st. So yeah. So Adam pre-show told me that I wasn't allowed to tell him my thought or my theory. So I think once you've dealt with Matthews, Matthews has some choices to make. If he takes something a little bit team friendlier, like essentially whatever the cap goes up is literally his cap. Hit. So we know that's happening. That's allocated money. It's free money. But then a choice has to be made, right? We know Matthew Nyes is going to be riding shotgun with Matthews. Unless Tavares gets moved to the left wing and then maybe he can ride shotgun with Matthews. But when you look at the team the way it is, one of the two like question marks are going to be Nylander or Marner. If you turn around and give Matthews the keys to the city, which he deserves... Do you walk away from the 100-point right winger that might not get 100 points in another situation, a la Jonathan Hebrew? Or do you walk away from the finally scored 40-goal winger who is going to ask for like $3 million in a pay raise? So the beauty of this is that you get to deal with Matthews and Marner this year and Tavares or Matthews and Nylander this year and then Tavares and Marner next year. Though I guess with that no-trade clause cooking in, technically... I guess trade-wise, you need to deal with Marner this year, but you still got another year after this with Marner, so you don't really have to do anything there. You sign Matthews first, and then you see what Willie wants. If you can get Willie for anything under 10, I'm signing him. So where do you move Marner then? Just If you can sign all three of them, you sign all three of them. Who cares? Honestly, I don't care. Because you're not going to get what, regardless of which one you decide to trade, you're not getting equal value back. So you're I, you're trading Kachuk in the Kachuk to the Panthers deal. Like that's who you're moving. You're moving Kachuk. You're not getting Kachuk back. You're moving Kachuk. That's what people need to be thinking about as this. So if you're favorite, trading one of those guys, like you're probably losing that trade. I I don't disagree. My favorite two are the Ducks um the Ducks rumor and the Carolina rumor. The Carolina rumor kind of sucks, though, because you'd be in the same position next year because it would be Ajo and Pesci, and that's $12 million combined, and they both need raises. If I can get Ajo and also I can guarantee to sign him, that's 100% the guy I would trade for. But what are you signing Ajo for? He's at 8.5 now. Whatever he, you could give him what Marner makes right now, and that's a huge raise for him. If I'm if I'm Toronto... You give him $11 million and that's fine. Yeah. But if I'm Toronto right now, like, and I know I'm skipping ahead a little. No, I'll pin it. I'll pin it. But it's contingent on a certain player being available. You might, I think Marner's the guy you move. You can I, find other playmaker, playmaking wingers. And I know Adam probably just shit his pants, guys. Because he knows how little I like Nylander's defense. Marner plays, is one of the best penalty killers in the league. You can find more of those. You found David Camp. You found Nolachari. You found all these players. There's people who can play the penalty kill. If you're going to keep all four of them together, 
you got to do something. Well, the beauty of them getting rid of Dubas is now they're able to keep them all together and nobody's going to complain about it, which is pretty That's hilarious. That's true. Yarncroc staying. Uh, okay, so UFAs, we have, yeah, so we have Yarncroc. He's got two more years after this upcoming season for 2.1, whatever. Lafferty has got one more year at 1.1. That's fine. I think Nye he's is two more year, one more year after this till he's RFA. That's fine there. And then your UFAs. So you have Achari, who I feel like they're definitely going to try to sign based on how Trey Living wants to fill out his roster. I would say uh, staying for him. Aston Reese, I assume they're walking away from, unless it's mm-hmm. dirt cheap. Yep. Bunting is obviously going to sign for way too much. I can't see them bringing him back. If if you can get him at four to four and a half for a, a decent amount of time, you do it. You don't let him do the, the Hyman thing. And you put his rights out at the uh, the draft. You say, does anybody want a shot on him? The thing is, will, will Bunting have the same impact with other players? This guy got to ride Matthew's coattails for two years. I feel like Trey Living probably likes the way Bunting plays the most part. But the only way you're probably signing him is like an eight by three or something like that. Like way like too a, many years. Like a handle deal? Yeah, you're giving him like a super long deal to keep the AAV down. Interesting. And he's only 27. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like and he's also I, a nuisance. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Camp, I think, is a guy they'll obviously try to sign, but I feel like Dubis is going to be signing him away for Pittsburgh. Oh, he will be a, the third center or third line center for the Pens for sure. Uh, Kerfoot, obviously, he's also gone out. Of I don't want them. Yeah, probably. I could see that. Though he won't be able to get a pay raise there unless they can eat some money because he's. Already making three something. Uh, O'Reilly, I think, is a guy they at least sniff around on, but I don't necessarily want to bring him back at what he's going to get. Remember when you said there was a deal already done for him? I still think that when Dubas was GM, that there was at least been talks. I bet. I bet they would reset those now. But uh, Wayne Wayne Simmons, obviously, he's I'm assuming retiring. Coaching staff. Potentially, yeah. Uh, over on the defense, Brody signed obviously for a billion more years. No, Brody's uh, or, or sorry, Morgan Riley. Riley. I mean, Brody has one more year at five million. That's the current season. Then he's UFA. He's thirty-two. The rumors are that he might get traded now, um, or they'll bring in. So they obviously need a replacement for him long term. Uh, he didn't look that good in the playoffs, um, but no, he did look really like good when Riley time. went down in the regular season. So I. Uh... I would be surprised if Brody was still on this team. He does have a modified no trade. However, him and Tree Loving butted heads, right? So there, there was a reason that he almost got traded twice and then he signed elsewhere. So he, they do have Jake McCabe for another two seasons at $2 million. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, Lilligren now is the time where he is probably more likely to be moved with Dubis gone. So we'll see how that goes. Connor Timmons, you still have a, two more year, like two years at 1.1. I think you keep him around to see what he is. Even if he's your seventh D, that's still fine. Uh, Geo, one year left at 800. And I feel like he has to be your extra D next year based on how um, he looked in the playoffs. The only thing about Timothy Lilligren that I would say 
is I actually foresee him sitting staying around because he's a puck moving right handed D. That makes one point four, and he's an RFA. I don't think they should move him, but now that Dubis is gone, it just seems like more likely that somebody that's been in the org for a long time is more likely to move now. I guess, but that's why I also think TJ Brody is the guy who's gone. They're going to probably try and sign somebody or make a ridiculous trade. I can tell you right now, looking at Trey Living's teams from the past, <laughs> you could see him going after specific players, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he went after like a, a Noah Hannafin and tried his luck or tried to like acquire his own players that he did like from Calgary. Uh, so UFA-wise, obviously Gustafson, who we've talked about, Justin Hall, who's definitely gone, uh, and Luke Shen, who I assume they're for sure bringing back. Yeah, probably a two-year deal, kind of like Gio. Yeah, two- or three-year deal for next, not very much. Um, and then Murray, obviously, is a the guy they'll move for goaltending. They have Wall for two more years at 7-6, which like 766000 which is great. Uh, and then, obviously, Samsonos and RFA, but I'm assuming that they will give him I would be comfortable with like a three-year deal. Probably three at like 3.3 or something. I don't think he's back. We'll see. Um, but, okay, so looking at the UFA class. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. You don't want to talk goalies, eh? I don't necessarily want to talk goalies, though. I don't think Samson out here, and I think he's he's packaged to a, a cold, wintry place. That's not oh. Russia. I mean, it sounds like Hellebuck is officially on the table, so... I, I I have this this gut feeling. It has nothing to do with any trade rumors because Toronto's really not linked to Hellebuck. It's always like a, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. What if Toronto and Winnipeg made the ultimate trade? Marner for and, Ehlers and Hellebuck? Marner... And Samsonov for the rest of Pierre-Luc Dubois and Hellebuck. I'd probably do that, to be honest. I want, like, I would love to have Pierre-Luc Dubois. we get one of their defensemen, maybe, too? I don't know if they get, like, I don't think it's a, like, the money would have to work, right? Like, you're really just dealing $10 million and a wish. Because you're not really dealing... The like you're dealing the idea of Samsonov, but Hellebuck only makes six points one for the remainder of the season, and PLD is an RFA whose qualifying offer is probably fucking something atrocious. Six million. Yeah, you can qualify him then. He's fine. That's so you can make that work. Twelve for ten. Sure, you can make that work. That's the deal I would like to see done. I hate to that say, like, buy Marner, crazy. but I think that would be the ultimate move for the Maple Leafs. You're going to get a gritty second-line center that can just be a complete asshole. There's your Kachev trade. He just wants to be near Montreal. He doesn't have to be in Montreal. And you're going to get an elite goaltender. I wouldn't hate it. That's for sure. Would not hate it. Yeah, it's been my <laughs> my best idea so far. Okay, so I did a quick boo, if you will, over the UFA class, and it's pretty awful. Um, this year, there really isn't anyone necessarily that jumps out at me that I think they should sign. Oh, but what based, do you mean? Jordy, Jordy Ben's a free agent again. Uh, based on Trey Chandra. Living's history and the fact that I know he's going to want them to get some size and toughness, uh, 
I think they're signing at least one of these defensemen. Do you want them from worst to best or best to worst? Oh, God, hit me with it. Okay, worst to best, according to me, uh, Scott Mayfield. Uh, that was pretty wildly speculated, so I wouldn't actually be surprised if that was the case. Nico Mikola. Gross. Carson Soucy. Actually, not bad. Played really well in Seattle. And when I think that they're going to target number one, Ryan Graves. Interesting. All of those guys are at least 6'4 or 6'5. What about Gavrikov? Too much money. Too small. Doesn't hit. 6'3. No. $3 million last season. He's going to make way too much money. Oh, and the <laughs> other guy I think they, uh, who's a UFA that I think they might sign for a cheap one year deal. Uh, Milan Lucic. Actually, yeah, you know what? I can see that. If they get him on like a one-year deal for like $1 million or something, Trey Living obviously traded and had him in Calgary. He would bring some grit and potential scoring to that bottom six, and I think it would be absolutely hilarious. Eric Gustafson Gustafson was the highest point-producing free agent defenseman that season. Yeah, that's because Carlson went down and he ran the power play in Washington for like half the year. Depending on what you could pay John Klingberg, Ugh, that would be an intriguing know. right side or uh, Severson, but I think he would go back to New Jersey. He's still under 30, so he kind of fits the, the mark. Severson I'm interested in. Bertuzzi I would be interested in, but there's no way the Leafs could sign somebody like that. Tyler Bertuzzi? Yeah. He's my, he's my number one choice for a, a forward. I don't know. Yeah, there's no way they're going to be able to get him. I mean, Corey Perry's out there, buddy. Why Why can't they get him, out of curiosity? Because he's going to make too much money, and he might not even want to sign in Toronto. Um, let's see. Sounds like Boston's going to try to sign him. So if they can Boston sign him, Boston has no money. They're poor. They'll Factory figure it out. Rich. If Bergeron uh, and Lucci, or Krejci don't come back, they have money. For the lulls, they're going to sign Van Riemsdyk to a one-year deal. <laughs> Kaloran's going to get way too much money, too, so he can't be on their radar. Looking at these free agents, it sucks. It's awful. There's nothing good out there. Barbashev would be nice, but he's probably going to resign in Vegas, and he's going to get two. Like, even at, like, Jason Zucker, if you could get him for, like, one year, I would do that. But there's no way that's happening. I'm looking at Max Domi as a player of intrigue. Awful. I mean, 56 points on a shit team last year? What What are you complaining about? He's just not he's not defensively aware. We need a 2C that can play defense. He can't. I don't know. Well, Bunting's going to get probably the biggest pay raise out of them all. Yeah, I'm interested to see where he goes. Well, let's see. Who's the oldest one that we can get? Zach Parise. We don't want him. No. He'll probably re-sign in the island or retire, it sounds like. Eric Stahl, we obviously don't want. Perry, Bellamar. Like, then it's a bunch of goalies. Bergeron, obviously, is only staying in Boston. Here's Calgary's free agents, just so you have full. Ooh, I don't hate that. Well, I know it's Lucic. No, so Lucic, uh, Nick Ritchie, Trevor Lewis, Dryden Hunt. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Colton Pullman, Clark Bishop, Oscar Dansk, and Michael Stone. Yeah, I missed no... one player that I actually think he might try and acquire. I wonder if he'll re-sign Michael Stone for nothing in Toronto. He drags that guy everywhere. Troy Stetcher. Uh, 
Not a chance. Too small. Too small. Yeah, he he is a baby. Too small. I don't know, man. I'm just like, I'm looking around the NHL right now. There's not much going on. No, there's nothing. It's going to be. Sean Monaghan will be a leaf. If they make anything, if they do anything big, it's going to have to be a trade. That's just what it's going to come down to. And trades are like borderline impossible to predict how they're going to go. Well, I've already made the, the, the ultimate trade with. I, I I feel in my 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 gut of guts that there will be a goaltender added to this team that we're not going to see coming. As much as I'd like it to be Hellebuck, um, I also think Samsonov and Wool is a very good tandem. Wool is incredibly athletic. He might be one of the best goaltenders we've had since like Podvin, athleticism wise. I don't know. I just I look at this team. I go. What does this team need? Well, obviously, it needs a bottom six that works. You're gonna be at. You're gonna have Nice full time. You're gonna have Pontus Holmberg full time. Probably Alex Steves. What are we doing with Bobby McMahon? We don't know. You're gonna need one or two wingers to fill up the bottom, and somebody to play that top six role. Because if you're rolling with the core four and you put Nice, Shotgun, Tavares, and Neiland, or Tavares and Marner, and you have Austin and. Uh, Nylander playing together, are you going back to bunting because you know it works? Are you going to go try and reinvent the wheel, or are you going to go try and find something else? It's What's available? I don't I don't even know anymore with this team. I don't know what to even think or say. I just, at this point, I'm just going to watch when it when they're on again. I don't I don't know. Well, I guess we'll have to see how this summer goes because every I feel like it's more than likely that nothing happens than everything happens. You know what I'm saying? See, I think I think it's going to be the opposite. I think we're going to go through like this crazy turn of events. Like the two questions I really have to ask now are with the conditions of Bradshaw Living's hiring, he will not be allowed to be on the draft floor. Which means he has to work without being able to talk to other GMs in person. He has to make phone calls. So, you know, Brendan Pridham, Haley Wigenheiser, they're all going to be doing their jobs out there, running the draft floor. What do you do with the 28th overall pick, or 26th? Well, Boston lost in the first round, so. 25 or 26, I think it is. Okay, so what do you do with that pick? What do you do with Matt Murray? What do you do with our assets? As is, the team isn't good enough, as good as it was last year. What do you do? You're not going to get another Ryan O'Reilly unless you pay Ryan O'Reilly. And that's also reality out here. He's the best free agent available, which means we can't afford him. I don't yeah, he's up there. I don't know. Well, it is a weak class, so depending if he's probably the best UFA center available for sure. We're in a position now where like they can still be so good. And like if Vegas wins it all, they'll blow that team up. <laughs> <laughs> they can't afford four players that they've got. There's other teams like this is the one thing that Leaf fans don't understand. It's there's other teams in the NHL that have bigger problems than we do. Right? Like I mean that I was this that was one thing that Trey Living said when he, you know, in that initial press conference is like 
they have a really good team. It's not very often that a GM gets to take over a good team. You know what I mean? It's usually like a lot of times GMs are taking over teams that didn't work and you have to blow it all up or start again or build from the bottom. And he's taking over a team that needs to get over the top. You usually don't get that as a GM. You get that as a coach, but not a lot of times as a GM. It's true. Like even looking at Anaheim, what an absolute disaster their their roster is. I think they should go out and trade for Troy Terry. Well, just add, add another right winger to the list. I don't know what they should do. I think it's going to be a weird summer if anything happens. But what I do know is that that'll be the podcast for this week. So I'd like to thank Sean for coming on this week and talking Leafs with me for half the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we just kept slipping it in there for sure. Uh, and to everyone else listening, I will definitely do one more pod after the Stanley Cup final is over. Maybe I'll see if I can get Tyler and Sean on for a final pod of the season, potentially. See if we can work that out. We haven't done that before, so I'm interested to see how that would potentially go. But I'd like to thank everyone for listening, and I will talk to you after the cup has been handed out. Later.